Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you this day from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus got in the boat, and then the disciples followed him. But then the storm came. Jesus, the all-knowing, all-seeing God, got in the boat. Like, think about that. Do you really think that he didn't know what was going to happen? You think he didn't see that storm coming? Oh, ye of little faith, why are you afraid? I mean, usually, it's because we do our very best to convince ourselves that being near Jesus should make things easier. And it doesn't seem to work that way more often than not. So we see the storms coming, and we try and figure out how to make God stop it. Jesus calmed the storm. You know, so we tell ourselves, God will calm ours too if only we have enough faith. Give him something. Sacrifice. Pray real hard. Maybe get a bunch of other people to do it too. And that is where the fear starts to creep in. And it really only grows because Jesus did calm the storm eventually. But first, you know, he let it swamp the boat and scare the disciples half to death, that they would drown and die and be lost. And God was asleep the whole time. The psalmists kind of worry about it too. Over and over again, you can read in that book, wake up, help us. Don't you see what is going on down here? Don't you care? Lord God, do something. We look around, and we see things getting worse. And everything that we're trying isn't working. And God seems like he is asleep. Which means that after another round of Jesus take the wheel, sooner or later we got to do one of two things. We either got to start trying to explain why he didn't, and then find somebody or something to blame, or why, even though we didn't get what we wanted, and it's absolutely not easier. We're super, super happy that things are going this way. Neither of those things is Christianity. Still, it's what we do. Not because it actually makes the storms hurt any less, or even seem less scary, but because, weirdly enough, it's easier to make excuses for false gods than it is to believe in the God who is not like us. The Jesus who knew that the storm was coming and got in the boat anyway. The Jesus who was so unbothered by the whole situation that he actually fell asleep in the middle of it. Let alone the God who called up the storm against Jonah. Because rather than going to Nineveh to preach to a whole bunch of monsters that kept murdering his people, he figured it's probably safer for me to go the opposite direction to Tarshish and leave them in the bed that they made for themselves. Because the idea of God forgiving them is a little hard to stomach. Jonah and the mariners, the disciples and Jesus, realize this is only one story. It's told two ways, but really they're not different. It's just a matter of perspective. Half the storms are of our own making, just like Jonah. Some of them are somebody else's fault. The mariners did nothing wrong but they were in the same boat as Jonah about to die. See, sin breaks stuff, even if it's not your sin. 
and the disciples. I mean, sometimes stuff just happens. God knew that it would, but there's not really anybody to pin fault on short of Adam and Eve from long ago when sin entered the world through their disobedience and broke everything. See, the law can diagnose the problem. It can show us whose fault it is, and it might even guide us so that we don't repeat it again later, but it never actually calms the storms that we're going through right now. Do something. I don't know. But Jonah and the mariners, the disciples and Jesus, this is only one story. It's just that one ends with three days in a fish and the other three days in a tomb. Because figuring out why the storm came isn't actually super helpful after you realize you're going to die in it no matter whose fault it happens to be. What we need is help. We need it to stop. And right now. And it either looks like God is asleep at the wheel or sending the storm after us in the first place. And neither of those things are super duper helpful. Oh, ye of little faith. The question isn't whose fault is it? The question isn't how do I make it stop? The real question, if you actually want to see what Christianity is, the real question, why would God get in the boat himself if he knew the storm would come? That's where you're actually going to start to see what we believe. Because that is why God is there. That is why he took flesh. That is why he was born of the virgin. That is why he spent any time in this world at all. He actually wants to save sinners from every last thing that could go wrong, no matter whose fault it happens to be. God came into this world in the first place to bear the storm, even for sinners, not because we're worthy, not because we can buy it, not because we can bribe him or earn anything, but because he actually loves us. In the middle of all of our fear that God has forgotten us or he's punishing us, in the middle of all of our excuses and our attempts to fix things for ourselves, to give God something to make him pay attention, to get more prayers from more people as if all of the strangers that you recruit prayers from on Facebook love you more than the God in heaven because they're willing to throw 10 seconds out of their day to bother God, but he could fix it with a word but doesn't seem to want to. We forget something. We actually, in our assuming that strangers on the internet love us more than God, Forget the cross of Christ, the place where God put himself in the boat too, knowing full well about each and every storm that has us so afraid. If you really want to think that we're on our own down here, understand where Jesus is too. He puts himself into the storms of our making, from Adam and Eve's sin to yours and mine, from the ones that we bear, that we made ourselves, to the ones that we bear that others did to us. God is there because he's supposed to perish. That is our religion. Sin breaks stuff. So Jesus dives down into the storm for us. He throws himself overboard that we would be kept safe. He bears the death that each and every storm would bring for you and for me. He saved sinners. He dies. He rises. Three days in the fish and back out again to preach salvation to the monsters and sinners at Nineveh. Three days in the tomb, then back out again to give life to you and me. One story, one God who saves sinners in mercy. See, all of these storms, all of them, the literal ones in the book, the figurative ones that we go through, not a single one of them snuck up on God. 
and he wasn't far away from any single one of them either. He actually went to where he knew they would be. Jesus goes into the boat knowing the storm would be there because it's his job to endure it for us. And that changes them. It really does. Even the ones that flood the boat and completely overwhelm us, no matter how many people we manage to get to pray for us. Oh, ye of little faith. The thing that we forget in the middle of trying to make God still the storm is the cross where he bore the weight of it for us. Oh, ye of little faith, you've got to understand something. Christianity is not the way to have less problems. It isn't just blaming each other with the law or making excuses for the God who is just like us. Christianity is Jesus who died for you and rose again from the dead. It is God who bears the cross to save sinners from sin, from death, and from the power of the devil. Christianity is being drawn closer to the God who joins us in the storm because he doesn't want anyone to perish. Not Jonah, not even the Ninevites, not the disciples, and not you. And if that means that he has to drag us back up from the grave afterwards, he will. Christianity is about being close to the God who goes to the cross for you. And that doesn't make life easier because crosses hurt. I don't like it either. But in this life, there are going to be storms. And some of them are going to be your fault. And some of them, some of them are going to be hard to bear. Because the closer you get to the cross, the more clearly we can see our sins there. And it's not easy. But it's also not yours to carry. In this stat and by the command of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, these are not your burdens to carry. This is not your storm to endure alone. This is not your guilt and your shame anymore. It is your God, for he picks them up. And he carries them to that cross. And there he bears every last ounce of the weight they can press upon him. He spills blood for you that you would be called holy, you would be called forgiven, and you would be given a life that even this cannot take away. This is God's to hold and God's to die for. So even if it's not easy to see, Christianity is peace. Because of all of the storms, your fault or someone else's, God will always be in the boat to bear the worst of it for you. Oh, ye have little faith Stop seeing it as a challenge. It's not a, if you just have more faith, there wouldn't be a storm kind of thing. It's just a simple question. Honestly, why are you so afraid if it doesn't seem to bother Jesus that much? If he's really not that concerned at all, either it's because he doesn't care about you at all, or maybe he just doesn't think it's quite as a big a deal quite as intimidating, quite as deadly as you seem to think that it is. See, when I was little, I was afraid to go off the diving board. Me and Heights have never really gotten along. And so I'd climb up there and shake, and I didn't even want to stand up straight, and my parents didn't think it was a big deal at all. And it was either because they wanted me to drown. Thank you. Or because maybe they realized that it wasn't quite as scary as I had made it out to be. My parents, I don't think, wanted me to drown. Why are you upset like God doesn't love you? Didn't he die for you? The psalmist's prayers, they've already been answered. Wake up, get down here, be in the storm, die and rise that we would be delivered from it, either by calming the waves or by pulling us back out of the grave after the storm has run its course. Because either way, the winds and the sea must bow to the God who has conquered death. Oh, ye of little faith, relax. Take a deep breath. 
Because I know we want God to freak out right with us. We want him to do something, not just you, me too. But of all that is wrong, when the storms come up, I think our perspective might be the worst. First, that we can control this thing. If only we would do something right. Second, that God doesn't work through suffering when it was a cross that saved you. And third, that any of our problems are so great as we think they are when Christ has already borne the cross and risen from the dead afterwards. Relax. You want something to hold on to? Be baptized. You already are. Be united with Christ in his death and his resurrection. That way, when the storm comes up, you can know who you are. You are baptized. You are the one who has already been brought through the storm. You are the one who has already been down into the grave and back out again. None of these things is strong enough to change that fact. You are united with Christ in his death, and that hurts. But you are most certainly united with him in a resurrection like his, too. Relax. Relax, because when the storm comes up, Christ must be there, too. Even asleep, Christ is in the storm. And mighty faith, that won't come from measuring the waves, but from seeing how little they seem to upset the Lord who's in them, too. Even the wind and the seas obey him. Even death comes undone at his feet. The words that we're waiting for have already been spoken. It is finished. The reason that God doesn't seem so concerned is because he's already conquered this thing. And you have too. You're baptized. So pray like it's a gift instead of a burden. Pray like it isn't your job to team up with other strangers and convince God that he should finally do his job. But realize, realize something that he gives you in this gift. You have a Father in heaven who actually loves you. You have a God who is so close to you that he can hear your most desperate little whispers. He will not abandon you. And even as you say the words, think about all the promises that he has already made, all the ways that he has already helped, and find comfort. Because prayer was never supposed to be a burden. It was never supposed to be a work. It was always supposed to be a gift. Always supposed to be a comfort. Prayer is a recognition that God has helped, is helping, and will continue to help not a way to team up with strangers and fight God for who's right. He's already died for you. He's already risen. The reason that God is not as concerned as us is because none of the things that we're so afraid of can separate us from him who has joined us in it to pull us out. It's already finished. So relax. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds unto life everlasting. Amen.